welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you from the Interaction Media studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and indeed across the country. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're tuning in on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And for those of you who are regular listeners, thank you guys for supporting our podcast as we're now in our third year running every single Thursday, publishing a a new edition of this podcast. We really appreciate your support, and you guys are really awesome. When we first started this uh, podcast project in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was to encourage people our listeners, with these inspirational business stories. I see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every single day that a lot of people never hear about. My team at Interaction Media is working diligently to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great career and business opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are really getting that done every single day day, day in and day out. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to visit with Patrick Grady and his company, PowerSonics. Patrick, are you ready to get down to business? Absolutely. All right, Patrick, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast this week to share your story. Patrick Grady uh, is an owner and the vice president of sales and marketing of PowerSonics, originally headquartered when they first started in Martinsburg, West Virginia. PowerSonics was formed in 1997 in Martinsburg from the remnants of a predecessor company. Since then, they have carried on a 50-year tradition of innovation in lightweight, high-power, high-intelligibility speech projection for aircraft, ships, vehicles, and security networks. Today, their newest technologies provide even more power for the clearest speech projection over long distances available anywhere in the world. Over the years, they have provided high-power loudspeaker systems to the U.S. and foreign armed forces, many police and firefighting agencies worldwide, as well as border patrols. The application for their products include emergency response, military operations, weather alert networks, disaster management, crowd control, peacekeeping, criminal and suspect apprehension, drug interdiction, search and rescue, and coastal tsunami alerts. PowerSonics is committed to constantly improving high-powered sound technologies to save and preserve lives. I invited Patrick on the show to talk about his company, to share his story, and to give our audience some valuable insight into his business in West Virginia. Patrick, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro that I just gave, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your company. Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, PowerSonics is, like I said, a, uh, a successor to a predecessor company. There was a company in Virginia mm-hmm. uh, that produced loudspeaker systems uh, for the U.S. military uh, in, from the 40, late 40s and the 50s and 60s for the 
Korean War area uh, time period and Vietnam as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they, uh, the owner of that business, uh, unfortunately passed away, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. widow basically uh, sold the asset company off to a competitor. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the employees were West Virginia and Maryland uh, residents who, uh, you know, were left without a job, but they still had the expertise. So what they mm-hmm. did is form a a new company to basically produce the same types of products. Uh, they had the, the know-how, they had the skill, and they were not part of the uh, transaction for the sales, so they were able to uh, compete immediately. Hmm. So they started a new company. Uh, in 2003, uh, I joined the company, and we rebranded it to PowerSonics. Yeah. Uh, we're a Delaware corporation uh, that has been uh, in the downtown Martinsburg area of, um, since uh, about 2000. Hmm. So uh, we started very, uh, very modestly. We had uh, one, one of our shareholders was also one of our agents in Taiwan. And uh, we started with that base and have been slowly building it ever since. Yeah, that's incredible. (laughs) So Patrick, I got to ask you, how did, how the heck did you get into this line of work? I mean, you've, what's your background and how did you get started in PowerSonics? What drew you to the company? Well, uh, there's a, a family connection here. One of the employees of that company that I just spoke about was, uh, uh, my brother, Michael Mm. and, uh, Mm. their first four or five years from 1997 to 2002, they were, uh, you know, very modest, uh, not enough to, uh, to make a living for the people that they had involved and they asked for my help. And this was just after the dot-com bubble in which I had been working for a, uh, a small private owned business, uh, a family owned business and got laid off. Hmm. So I was actually doing some freelancing myself uh, in the graphics industry and uh, they asked me to help. So I said, I, I will certainly come on board and help, you know, but, uh, uh, at that point, that negotiation, I became an equity partner in the business. Um, and that's when we started the rebranding process, started looking at the product mix and redeveloping new products. And uh, that's also the time period where we looked to the state of West Virginia for help. Uh, and they were instrumental in doing that, uh, starting with the uh, what was known at that time as the High Tech Consortium out of Fairmont. Yeah, uh, I believe it's now called the... Uh, High Technology Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Jim Eastep. Yeah, he's been, actually been on a guest on the show, uh, probably a year and a half or so ago, maybe two years. So, Patrick, uh, talk talk a little bit about your what it is you do. In other words, what is your thirty second pitch? What do you tell people that PowerSonics does? The key to our technology is the ability to take the square waves of human speech. So, when we talk to each other, our voices create type of sound wave yeah. and that's what our ears are attuned to hearing so that we actually understand what we're enunciating to each other mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. our technology does that but it does it at very high power and a very high gain mm-hmm. which allows that sound wave to travel a long distance um, so we're talking anywhere from three quarters of a mile to a mile and a quarter mm-hmm. uh, for our mm-hmm. systems and that's with high background noise as well so we go on to a patrol boat that has engines running that that diminishes the ability of the sound to propagate. Mm-hmm. Same thing for a helicopter. The the turbine engines and the rotor wash uh, has a detrimental effect on sound waves. 
you have to have enough power to, to get through that. Mm. Uh, so sound waves can travel to your intended audience. And yes. that's what we do. So what, what is the, I mean, this, so it's more than loudspeakers. It's more than PA systems, public address systems. What, what, um, what is the technology that, that allows it, that to happen? It's our amplifier primarily, um, and pairing that amplifier um, technology with a, uh, a audio transducer that's <clears throat> been basically fine-tuned to work with that type of amplifier mm-hmm. that can handle that high gain and produce the type of, of, of square waves that is conducive to intelligibility. Mm, that's awesome. I wonder, as you're talking and describing that, I'm wondering how this podcast would sound coming across one of your systems. <laughs> It'd be very loud. <laughs> that's one way to amplify. We always talk about it in the, in the marketing and advertising business, media amplification. And here we go, power sonics, you know, turn up the volume. I like it. That's, that's really cool. Patrick, what, what's what's one thing you would say that you're most excited about for PowerSonics right now? Well, there's a few things that uh, we have in the works. We have a lot of uh, research and development projects. Uh, we're uh, at a point where you know our growth has gotten to a certain point that we need to be able to get to the next stage of technology development. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of investing in that. Um, so we're coming out with new designs for amplifiers and transducers, um, that we hope we can package, uh, not only for the markets that we're primarily in now, which is the aviation industry and to a smaller degree, the naval industry, uh, but to, uh, penetrate other markets as well and get more, more market share out of that, out of those new systems. So that, that new development is, is pretty exciting. Yeah. That, that sounds really cool. Um, What's the geographic market that you serve? I kind of mentioned some of that in the in, in the intro, but can you kind of dig a little bit deeper into uh, where your customers are? Yeah, uh, and it varies from year to year because uh, the the cycle, the business cycle for our sales can be anywhere from six months to seven or eight years, depending mm-hmm. on the type of contract it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these things are affected over longer time periods. You have economic developments, like for instance, what's going on today in the marketplace with mm-hmm. the coronavirus. You never know what's, what uncertainties are going to come that can delay projects and funding. Right. Um, but uh, we export about fifty to sixty percent every year. Uh, so our are on police and firefighting aircraft around the world, uh, everywhere from Moscow to. Um, Tokyo, Japan, to Indonesia, to Malaysia, to the United Kingdom, um, police units all over the United States. Um, we're in South America. We're in everywhere. We have our equipment is operating on every continent except Antarctica. Wow. That's fascinating. It, how many employees do you have? Uh, we're very lean. We're just all uh, person business. Mm-hmm. Um, five of those full-time, one part-time. Mm-hmm. And um, so we do all the design ourselves. We Our manufacturing facility is more of an assembly facility, so we'll take in some parts that we get from other people mm-hmm. uh, that are built to our specifications, and then we assemble them at, at our facility. Okay. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about that technology because I'm, I'm intrigued just in, in, in thinking about this. But 
You mentioned that the amplifiers, um, is that primarily what you build and construct and design or the amplifiers, or do you also create the loudspeakers themselves? Well, the amplifiers are a key part of the, of the loudspeaker system. So, mm -hmm. uh, when you, you can't really have a loudspeaker without amplification, Sure. the, uh, amplifier is a key component. Uh, the transducer is the other key component. Yeah. And then the other components that are there are the, the enclosure that holds it all in. Mm -hmm. The uh, From an acoustic standpoint, another key component is the horn itself that mm -hmm. that loads those sound waves and, and then directs them out into the environment. Mm. So uh, a lot of this technology uh, in terms of sound propagation, is it's well known, it's well well-researched, uh, it's not rocket science, yeah. uh, but yeah. uh, the trade secrets of the amplifier and how you uh, create these square waves uh, for maximum intelligibility is uh, is really what our business is based on. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds amazing. It sounds like you've got, uh, you know, a, a tremendous reputation uh, since being formed in 1997. Now, you've been with the company since 2003. And one of the things I like to talk about is your best moment in business with PowerSonics since 2003. If you can kind of talk a little bit about your best business moment since you've been in business with, with the company, what does that look like? Well, I'll give you two, two small examples. Uh, the first one is just when you're getting started, things are pretty scary yeah. and you don't have a lot of revenue. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, we look to the state of West Virginia for resources and we found out about a small business um, loan opportunity with the high tech consortium. Yeah. So uh, we had to, you know, basically put together our business case. So that forced us to uh, uh, do things that had not been done before in terms of putting together the business plan, uh, putting together the credentials of the uh, the major partners involved, and making that pitch to to the consortium mm -hmm. for a funding for our new products that we were coming up with. So uh, we were successful in doing that. We got an $80,000 loan from, from the state at low interest. And from that, we built our prototypes. Those prototypes were accepted in the marketplace. We got some sales. Hmm. And from that, we were able to pay back the state. Um, so that type of funding uh, isn't always available from a commercial bank. So I would encourage any small business listeners uh, uh, in the state of West Virginia to check out that resource if they're uh, ever in such need. Mm. Another example would be um, back in, uh, I would say, 2003 or no, 2010, 2011, we got an opportunity to bid for a major aerospace project. And that opportunity, they would email us every once in a while saying, hey, another year's gone. Will you still hold your quote? <laughs> so... Uh, you know, years go by and typically uh, you would uh, keep increasing your pricing for inflation. Uh, mm -hmm. We may have done that two or three times over the course of seven years, mm -hmm. uh, but we we stayed pretty firm. Uh, and the project eventually came through to uh, uh, fruition with uh, this aerospace company uh, to put our speakers on a um, an aircraft that was going to a foreign government. And it was a a nice contract for us. It's a, it was a seven figure contract. Um, and those don't come along every day for a small business. So yeah. we're very grateful that we were able to, uh, persevere through a seven or eight years sales cycle. Yeah. And, no doubt. Uh, 
I mean, that's got that, that takes a lot of patience, uh, tenacity. What's your takeaway from that uh, from that uh, that last moment that you talked about? The long, you know, the contract that took years to really come to fulfillment. Well, a couple things. Uh, we've been very fortunate um, as we started and grew that uh, as a small business in downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia, we did not have the facility or the personnel to do a lot of the things that are that are really expected of a supplier for the aerospace industry. Um, that said, uh, the, the process of working with a major aerospace company on a large project, uh, even though we're just one little you know, spy, uh, a fly on the wall for the entire project. The, uh, what you get exposed to is the level of, of administration and the level of quality control that has to be in place in all the processes. And it's basically uh, brought us to the point where we are committed now to becoming AS9100 certified, hmm. uh, the quality certification for the aerospace industry. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's amazing. Now, Patrick, I'm gonna f- kind of flip this on on you a little bit, and we just talked about your your couple of your best business moments. What about your worst business moments? Take take us to that place of your worst experience so far, and tell us that story. Yeah, um, I guess one of the uh, the challenges when you're an, uh, an entrepreneur um, and you have a amount of capital or a certain amount of resources that you're willing to uh, put into the endeavor. Right. You go into it with eyes wide open and, you know, all the hope in the world. And I did that when I joined this company in 2003. Um, and for quite a while, I was living off savings was we built our prototypes and tried to uh, get our pro- new products uh, accepted in the marketplace. And uh, after two years of that, I had basically gone through my savings. So, um, and coming out of the, uh, you know, the dot-com bubble that left me in a vulnerable position, not just for the business, but it also affects your family life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not able to take the, the family on the vacations that you used to do. You're not, uh, you know, you're not allowed to, uh, invest too much in, you know, the more expensive toys for the kids at Christmas, it all has a ripple down effect into your, to your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that forced me to make a decision in 2005 that uh, I had to back away from the business for a while to go work somewhere else where I could make more money. Uh, and I did that uh, until the next crisis hit, which was 2008. Um, I, I guess I made the mistake of working for another family owned business. <laughs> this one was uh, based in Kansas and I was a, a salesperson for him. Hmm. And when the, when the, the great recession hit, um, I was their top salesperson and the last one let go, but nonetheless let go. So, uh, and that's when I rejoined PowerSonics who had survived that downturn, um, uh, with some of the work that I had done prior, hmm. uh, that had yielded some results. Um, and then we were able to take it and grow it from there. Yeah. 
That's uh, that, that's interesting. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. Uh, Patrick, I want to take a, a quick second just to mention some of the sponsors that we have for Positively West Virginia, and they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The financial support we receive from these companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today, once again, is Patrick Grady. He's one of the owners with PowerSonics. Patrick, I want to get right back into it. Um, you know, there's a you, you mentioned the success that Air, um, that PowerSonics has had in the aerotech space, and obviously in West Virginia, uh, you know, that's kind of a um, a growing industry. We have uh, what's going on down at the Huntington Airport, and then I'm based out of uh, Morgantown and North Central West Virginia, especially with the Aerotech Park at the uh, NCWV uh, Air, uh, Airport, is really starting to come on board now uh, with the companies like Bombardier and Aurora Flight Services, which is a Boeing company, Lockheed Martin, Pratt & Whitney, some major companies with operations right here in the Bridgeport area, North Central West Virginia. And then you've got uh, NASA, the FBI, uh, Siegis program uh, happening here with uh, lots of tech and, and, and security and government, uh, you know, everything from homeland security to military operations <clears throat> happening. You know, is what's your take on West Virginia as it pertains to the aerospace and aerotech industry? Well, to be honest, I'm um, not as familiar with a lot of those facilities that you and uh, mm-hmm. uh, new new corporate placements that you just mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, what I would say, if you're a, if you're looking to service the aerospace industry, um, one of the key things that I wish we had done sooner mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. get into that quality control um, a certification process much sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a management team that's willing to do that. Uh, for a number of years, our management team uh, was kind of more interested in uh, treating this as a uh, lifestyle-type business and taking cash out. Though that that decision too early in a company's uh, existence or it's the company's life cycle can deprive it of the reinvestment funds needed to do things like quality systems. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to uh, delay those types of uh, uh, withdrawals from your from your business success and reinvest those as early as possible because they'll pay bigger dividends on the back end. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. I appreciate you, uh, you know, the, your thoughts on that and your opinions on, on that. How? Um, what's the vision uh, for PowerSonics <clears throat> long-term? Long-term, we hope to um, leverage the developing technologies that we're working on now. Mm-hmm. So that we can broaden our base outside of aviation, we're pr- probably eighty percent uh, in the aviation market now. But um, there's only so many aircraft built every year, and only a certain percentage of those require a public address system on them. Mm-hmm. So um, there are bigger markets out there. Um, the The caveat to that is those bigger markets also have a lot more competitors in them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that requires uh, different processes and different products uh, that have a lower cost and sometimes a lower margin. 
than you would find in the aviation industry. So we're working through those uh, those decisions now as to how we'll uh, approach those markets and with what products that we'll approach them with. So uh, the, the diversification is going to be key to our growth, um, and that's really what we're focused on at this Yeah. So can you talk, um, Patrick, a little bit about uh, the challenges that you face? I mean, you've kind of hit on it a, a little bit, but some of the uh, challenges you're facing right now in with regard to uh, being an entrepreneur, being a, a business out there that's doing – Doing business literally across the, the globe with PowerSonics, what are what are some of the biggest challenges you face right now? Well, there's uh, every every uh, entrepreneur and every small business has many challenges. I think um, you have to stay uh, you have to stay committed to innovation. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, if you're not, then you know if if the entire focus hey just go go sell what we make without any consideration to are we making the right thing for the market Mm -hmm. um uh, then you're kind of flying with blinders on and uh so the biggest one of the bigger challenges is making sure that the products that that we're making are relevant to the market and also Mm. competitive vis-a-vis our competitors and the products that they're putting out yeah so uh we have to uh you have to constantly be scanning, and by scanning, I mean looking at the your own strengths and weaknesses, and the opportunities and threats in the, that are out in the environment that you're that you're trying to sell into. Mm. Um, yeah. So, now, so you've been doing this since you know with PowerSonics since 2003. Over the last you know 17 years or so, um, do you feel that that's more? of a situation now than before. I mean, to me, it seems like the change is happening at such rapid pace uh, with all companies, you know, and here you are, you know, a, a company that makes public address systems and loudspeakers and amplifiers for Homeland security and military operations and helicopters and all this stuff. I mean, are you feeling that same pressure to be relevant and be on, you know, on the lookout for trends and what's happening then before, say 10 years ago or 20 years ago oh absolutely uh and that's that's uh that's part of the stress but it's also part of the uh the thrill yeah. so uh you have to uh you have to go to work every day looking for those opportunities and hmm. and asking those questions uh of each other um that's uh, one of the the key aspects of a of a good management team i guess is to be able to have the types of personalities who are going to uh, question each other, you know, not not with any uh, intent of, uh, you know, jealousy or or being argumentative or anything like that, but just in terms of what's best for the business, mm. uh, and you know, how should we how should we get from A to B? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's great insight, Patrick. What's one piece of advice you would give to? a young person who's listening to this podcast right now, maybe they're thinking about starting a company. They have this entrepreneurial spirit in their heart and they're wanting to do something and they're, they're listening to you and, and, and your journey. What's one piece of advice that, that you would give them? Um, that's a great question. I would say, um, before you jump into the water, make sure you have a, a good plan. Hmm. Uh, and once you make that commitment, go at it with a 
a, uh, a massive action. Mm. Uh, so uh, go at it hard, um, get the help that you need. Uh, sometimes uh, it's important for an entrepreneur to cut themselves some slack uh, to know that it's not important that they know all the answers. Uh, it's, it's probably more important to know where to get the answers. Mm. Um, so I would uh, suggest that they just kind of do some, some, some homework and research up front before they hit the go button and uh, try to get as many ducks lined up as they can and know where those helpful resources are, um, like the High Tech uh, Foundation, like mm. the the West Virginia Development Office down in Charleston. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great stuff right there. And and if you guys are really listening to that uh, that advice, it's it, that was so powerful. You know, it's not. And I would say that uh, you know, even even a uh, a company who's a a growth company right now that they've only been in this for a year or two, you know, what you said about, it's not important that they know the answers. It's about no know, knowing where to go to get the answers. I think that's, that's incredible because, uh, too often we don't give ourselves enough grace and mercy and we're <laughs> beating ourselves up because we don't know it. And then we end up wasting a bunch of time and energy on doing something that may have been a phone call away. Right. So right. I think, uh, that's great stuff. I appreciate that. What's one thing you do, Patrick, every day that you think, contributes to your own personal success? Well, I think uh, in terms of the contributions that I make to the company, uh, uh, what I just uh, talked about a little bit is doing that scanning, doing those those processes where you don't want to get hit blindsided uh, by competitors or the market conditions. Um, You want to try to manage that as best you can and and position the company. and in our case, uh, maintaining those relationships with the people who are on the front line selling the products, um, that's important as well. We, we work in an environment where we have distributors and dealers around the world, and they're the ones that are on the front lines making the pitches of our products to their end users, their customers, um, and making sure that we're trying to provide them with not only the best products that we possibly can, but the information that it takes for them to impart um, our our selling points, our benefits, our features in in their language, so that they understand it. Um, that's a that's an important part of what what I do every day. Yeah. What's one resource that you use in your business that you just can't live without? Maybe it's a a piece of software or something like that. Well, when you have a uh, an export uh, market like we do, uh, it's important to communicate around the world. Um, it doesn't matter what time. We use a variety of tools for that. Uh, email is obviously, you know, the baseline tool that I think all businesses would say is is the most critical tool they use from an electronic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also use other tools uh, such as uh, uh, GoToMeeting um, um, and other video type conferencing um, tools so that we can see our our customers or we can see our agents uh, or even our suppliers face-to-face mm. uh, and share drawings, uh, have interactive meetings, um, and that helps facilitate uh, knowledge and, and the, transfer of, the transfer of knowledge and collaboration mm. uh, much faster. Yeah. That's good stuff. What's one book or podcast that you'd recommend for aspiring 
business people or entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't been uh, reading too much lately. Um, I would uh, just in general, uh, the, the couple of the best books I think that were ever written, one by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And although the book is probably 50, 60 years old, if you are uh, a young person and you've never heard of Dale Carnegie, I'd highly recommend you pick up his book. Mm. Uh, some people may think it's uh, really uh, out of date and old-fashioned, but when you when you read it and you think about it, it's the concepts are as true today in terms of interpersonal relations as they ever were. Absolutely, it's great, uh, great one. It's on our list, and for uh, for those of uh, some of our newer listeners, if you just go to positivelywv.com and click the resources tab, there's a list of every single guest's uh, recommendation, the favorite book that they've recommended or podcast uh, since we've been doing this show in 2017. And uh, that, that one's on the list, but it's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome one. So thank you for sharing your thoughts on Dale Carnegie and how to win friends and influence people. Patrick, we've covered a lot in this interview. Is there anything else that you think um, our audience would like to know or should know about Power Sonics that we haven't covered? Um, I'm not sure we uh, haven't covered everything. Uh, you know, we've been very proud to uh, to uh, be a West Virginia company uh, for 20 years, and. Uh, We've certainly taken advantage of some of the great uh, resources within the state uh, for funding, uh, for help with our exporting. We've gone on a couple of the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce uh, mm -hmm. tours that are coordinated by the uh, West Virginia State Development Office, yeah. uh, one to Brazil and one to India. Awesome. Uh, yep. We've, uh, you know, I've personally have had the opportunity to uh, travel the world Um you know, promoting our products and doing installations of our products. Um, we're actively involved in, in, in new projects that are coming online and, and our products are part of solutions that systems integrators and, um, and security integrators are starting to see can provide value uh, outside of the aircraft industry. And so we're, we're pretty excited about about that. Yeah, that's awesome. As we wrap up, Patrick, how can our listeners learn more about PowerSonics uh, or maybe even get in touch with you if they needed to? What's the best way to do that? Through our website, www.powersonics.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-S-O-N-I-X.com. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure we have a link to the PowerSonics website in our show notes for the podcast. Patrick, it's been a real honor to get to know you a little bit and have you on the show today. Um, I, in all honesty, I'd never heard of Power Sonics until recently. And I, once I learned what you were doing, I thought, man, that, we got to get them on the show. This is this could be a really interesting interview. And I, I really appreciate you giving us some insight, uh, not only to the entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial journey that you've been on over the years, but uh, in uh, some insight into what you're doing um, over there in Martinsburg with Power Sonics. Thank you, and uh, I think what you're doing is really cool, and I just encourage you to keep up the great work. Thank you very much. And one last note, yeah. uh, Power, Sonics, Power Sonics has twice been uh, awarded Exporter of the Year 
by the state of West Virginia. So ah. we're pretty proud of that as well. Heck yeah. That's, that's something to be proud of. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, again, you know, just great job and, uh, to get to, to know you a little bit and have a conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Patrick Grady and his company, PowerSonics, our hope is that we, in some way, inspire and motivate you guys by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate your comments and encouragement and, and notes and, and, of course, sharing these uh, stories on your social media channels as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.